What started out as a pleasant afternoon of drugs and surgery has not gone as planned. But don't worry, we still have three or four co-workers with plenty of spare parts. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 18, The Tip of the Zoidberg. Uh, again, this week, I, I'm not going to ask you a question, although it, there might be one that comes at, uh, naturally. Um, I just have to share with you uh, a very wonderful license plate I saw today. And I know this is probably going to identify somebody, but it's worth it. Okay. Um, it was a vanity license plate. Oh, I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point. I saw a great license plate today. 457GXZ. Oh, man. The Xerxes. It was... M-A-A-M-O-O. Mamoo! <laughs> and I pointed out to Tema, and she was talking about something entirely uh, different. And she's like, no, that's not how I would describe a car. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Because <laughs> she's like asking me, like, what would you call that? I'm like, Mamoo! <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> now, what do you expect me to do with this information? Because my immediate reaction <laughs> okay. is... Much like Fetch, make it happen. <laughs> I'm going to make a Mamoo happen. Remember, <laughs> M-A-A-M-O-O. Uh, it was just a really funny thing, and it like started making me think, like, what, what funnier uh, vanity license plates could you make out of like almost random noises? Because <laughs> like, uh, you can make up, you could do the funny, like, crass ones of, like, Lowell 69 or Lowell 420 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Ah, everybody's laughing. But, like, if you really dig in deep to the, the you know, the absurdist well, where would you go? Other than Mamoo! Well, uh, strangely, a friend of mine posted a picture that he got, got today of a vanity license plate. <laughs> I kid you not. This <laughs> It's amazing. Today. I, I, I am not <laughs> fishing for this, but I'm excited for it. Uh, the license, it was, a, a again, a vanity license plate that was F-E-E-T-N-R. Feetner. <laughs> <laughs> I proposed it was actually Iron Alien Knight Rider because F-E is iron. Sure. E.T. is an alien. Oh, there it is. Okay. And then N.R. stands for Knight Rider. That's the only logical conclusion. Uh, I will. I Hold on. N.R., not K.R.? No, the Knight, uh, Knight Rider, not to avoid copyright oh, infringement. <laughs> yes, that was what I was worried about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that's a pretty good one, too. Feetner. Feetner. <laughs> that's an interesting one because like why did what what sort of reason would you have to do a a custom license plate that's feetner or mamoo 
<laughs> I don't know, but I love it. I love it very much. Like I, that's the kind of thing I want to do someday. I won't ever do it, but I'll want to. Like put in some random two sounds together. Like Mamu is so good, though. It also gave me like, like I have to like tip a hat and be Mamu. Okay, okay. Um, so I don't really have any further follow up on this <laughs> license plate conversation. Hey, they can't all be winners, Ben. They can't all. <laughs> they can't all be such wonderful hits of the comedy uh, podcast genre. So for what? <clears throat> excuse me. I have no idea what's going on with my voice today. Sorry, cat. I, I just kicked. This are, is a great recording. <laughs> ben is going through se- second puberty. Second puberty, and there's a cat under the table whom I keep kicking. Second puberty. This time with more beard. About time. This is as much beard as I can grow. So, uh, for the listener uh, that can't see Ben right now, he's got a goatee, or uh, like a that's a good no. It's a goatee with a mustache, right? Because the goatee is just this. The chin I don't part. know actually. I'm, huh? There is a brewery in Longmont, Colorado. Okay, that all of their beers are named after beard styles. I bet they would be good experts for us to bring on the podcast to talk about beards. Which is a thing that we could probably do, maybe. I wonder if they have any custom license plates. Just get in the middle of that Venn diagram. <laughs> We're very... <laughs> the most narrow cast podcast in existence. Specifically- People who are interested in beards and custom vanity license plates. That work at this specific brewery in Longmont, Colorado. Anyways. <laughs> uh, this is maybe the worst podcast we've ever done. <laughs> And that's saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. So let's do the podcast. Uh, It can only go up from here. (laughs) Set the the bar low. Uh With new new listeners, just who knows when they jump on. You you start low and you bring them high. Season six, episode 18, the tip of the Zoidberg. We start out at Mom Corp many years ago in the year 2927 AD. Mm -hmm. Mom shows up in a tank. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that happens that it sure did she starts kind of taking appraisal of soldiers and the, the professor is there too as a soldier apparently it's a mission to go catch an alien uh, have a surgeon gut it and then the professors to smuggle the poison back to mom sounds like a pretty legit sort of enterprise um unfortunately the doctor hasn't shown up yet but his duffel bag is here and it turns out it's Zoidberg in that duffel bag. He claims it's his apartment. I mean, once a Zoidberg, always a Zoidberg. I mean, the way that rental housing prices are, uh, you know, by twenty nine, twenty seven, we'll all be living in duffel bags. Exactly. It's just the exponential curve. Certainly nothing can come and change that at all. Mm-hmm. One duffel bag, um, that will be... Three thousand dollars a month. It's it's plus a, utilities. It's a hell of a mortgage, but you got to do it. You got to have a place to live. So, uh, so yeah, this is where Doctor Zoidberg and Professor Farnsworth meet for the first time. It is very much a how they met episode. We yes. find out a lot about their history throughout this episode. The professor reveals that they'll be be uh, uh, dissecting a Tritonian Yeti, 
and Zoiber's like, hey, 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 is is there anything unethical about this? Says mom says, no, there's nothing unethical about covert biological weapons research. Everything's on the up and up. Everything's on the up and up. And uh, we go to the present day, i.e. the future. It will never not be weird uh-huh. saying that the present day is 3012. Yes. But, you know. That's the magic of Futurama. Uh, so in present day, Dr. Zoidberg and the professor are sitting on a bench in Planet Express, just feeding owls. Yeah, it's a it's a weird visual to be inside of their business throwing mice to owls who are pests in this universe. Can I just say, though, okay. I understand that in the Futurama universe, owls have become pests. Mm-hmm. But those little tiny owls that wander around as pests, mm-hmm. they're so adorable. It's true. That's probably why they've been able to do such a thing. That's why they're probably feeding them, because they're so cute. I mean, I would. It's true. And then you're just aiding and abetting the whole race of pests. Mm-hmm. And like two of them are, are fighting over a, a little mouse. Sure. Because like they both want to eat it. It's very cute. I want some baby cute owls. They're adorable. Well, Ben, I'm so glad you said that because here's 10 baby owls. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go live my best life raising owls in the wilderness. Forget this podcast business. <laughs> oh, no, I've made a giant mistake. Please send me Patreon money for my owl sanctuary. You're going to do a YouTube channel about your owls. Look, I would subscribe to that because that would be awesome. Ben's Hooters. (laughs) You saw the joke and I was (laughs) I was like doing the mental calculations of is that a good joke? Is that an insensitive joke? Oh, Ben's made the joke. (laughs) Yeah, I don't do any sort of calculations. I say the first thing that comes to my head. This is probably why you're better at improv than I am. <laughs> yes, and. So the Planet Express ship lands, and they all just got back from a mission. Fry uh, is being told that, reminded yet again, in the future, a lot of objects are just objects, not aliens that look like objects. Uh, Fry has attempted to make diplomatic inroads with the cactus people, and that was never in the cards because he was talking to a, a legitimate cactus and has a ton of needles in his hand. But no worries, Dr. Zoidberg will fix him right up. He prescribes acupuncture for the pain of all the needles stabbing his hand. I do also want to point out that on the door to his office, it says Dr. John Zoidberg, MD, but the M is in quotation marks. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> wonderful. It's so good. Um, it's just one of those fleeting uh, visual gags that Futurama does very well. Yeah, I am definitely into it, um, especially because we get this weird. It's not quite a montage, but it's just this repeated joke of like it's he weird, does something man. and then it does an establishing shot of the office door again. Yeah. And then uh, he does something else and then an establishing shot of the door. And so it really, really sells those quotation marks in this sequence. Yes. Also, what he does also earns him those quotation marks because he smashes uh, the acupuncture book directly into Fry's hand, causing a ton of blood, which Fry yells, put it back in me. Fair point for blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to donate plasma when I was in college. Okay. I uh, get a little extra money, which mm-hmm. then, you know, you Gotta go get that blood money. Yeah. Well, it's more like beer money because then you go out and get some beer and then you've already 
gave a lot of plasma, so that beer hits you real hard. <laughs> this is a life hack for you college this, students this out there. This is how college was done. And <laughs> I thought you were going to end with, this is how college. This Uh-huh, this is how college. But... <laughs> So the cool thing is, is that they take your blood out and then they spin it around in a centrifuge mm-hmm. and separate out the plasma. And then just as Fry requests, they put the blood back in. Oh, that's it's very nice neat. of them. Yeah, that's very nice. It's like, we've taken out some good stuff, but there's still good stuff in there for you. Take your garbage red cells. We don't need them. We're just <laughs> in it for the plasma. Plasma. I was trying to make it sound real <laughs> greedy, and instead it came off sounding like monster truck rally voice. <laughs> Sunday, 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 you'll get your plasma. <laughs> <laughs> After the acupuncture, I don't remember what, what else Zoidberg does, but... I don't think he does much. Uh, Fry has now developed Simpsons jaundice, and so he's yellow like a Simpsons character. And he says, I caramba. It's very good. I I love those kind of like weird meta jokes that this that Futurama does occasionally. Uh, Leela's in here now, and the best way to help Fry is with a replacement liver. Leela's apparently a match. So, Doctor Zoidberg comes at her with a table saw. Uh huh. Fry is warning her. He does. He does. <laughs> Zoidberg doesn't know as much about human anatomy as I do, and I can't find my uterus. Mm-hmm. Also, I should say circular saw, not table saw. Right. Yes. Before before the heart before Tim Allen comes at me. <laughs> I can't do the noise. <laughs> oh. Oh my, I think we've found a new <laughs> a lucrative outlet for you, Ben. That's my one impression. I can do the Tim the do- Toolman Taylor grunt. My <laughs> most esteemed career move ever is to do it on this podcast. Oh, man. I'll be Kermit. You be Tim <laughs> Allen. That's the worst role play ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kermit the Frog here. No, I don't want it. No. <laughs> Usually I'm all about yes and, but this is a no. This is a big no. This is a no. Please stop. Don't do this poison. Please. I'm just trying here. Okay, wait. Oh. Okay, wait. Let's let's try that. Give me the Kermit the Frog line again. This is Kermit the Frog here. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, okay, you were right to know this before. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I think Mike is over there crying. He's laughing there are so tears. hard. I, I can't tell if it's <clears throat> laughter tears or sad tears because of what we've done. Could be both. It's uh, probably both. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. <clears throat> um. Oh, man. So yes. Um. Then after that, Leela needs a new spine. Yep. Because of, as Doctor Zoidberg puts it, um, the saw mix-up. Leela says, y- "You should have stopped cutting my spine." When I said, "Ow, you're cutting my spine." Also, Fry now has Garfield syndrome, so he looks like Garfield the cat, and he's just like, I hate Mondays. <laughs> uh, so now Hermes is in there to help Leela with her sp- with her spine issue. The saw mix-up. The saw mix-up. Uh, Hermes is like, "Will well, can I still limbo? And Zoidberg's like, could you before? <laughs> As if it was a joke. 
I mean, honestly, I think it's a pretty decent joke. It's a pretty good joke. Maybe not in the room with the Garfield syndrome patient and somebody who is literally chopped in half. I I would say it's a better joke in The Simpsons when they did it uh, with the Planet of the Apes musical. Can I play the piano anymore? (laughs) Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. I definitely hit the crap out of the mic when I did that. You just got excited to play the piano. I I got excited to play the air piano for a Simpsons bit. If that isn't peak mic, I don't know what is. Now, Hermes. Oh, boy. Hermes gets too much of his spine taken. Uh Uh-huh. So Leela has too much spine, so she's got this big section in the middle that is just a spine. She's like a slinky. She is like a slinky. It's awful. She's like the slinky dog from Toy Story. It is just awful. It like hurt me physically to watch her like bounce around. Ugh. Oh yeah, no, it's terrifying. And also now Fry is, uh, he has Muppet Gangrene, and so he looks like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> this is Kermit the Frog here. It's not easy being gangrene. Yeah, this situation yeah, <laughs> this situation just keeps getting worse. And so um this is this is when we take a flashback cuz we this is a time for some some looking back into time. My notes. Sorry, my notes are bad. They say Leela <laughs> has too many spines and Hermes has not enough. <laughs> I mean, what where's the lie? Where's the inaccuracy? And Zoidberg's like, what started out as a pleasant afternoon of drugs and surgery has not gone as planned. I do remember him also saying something about Jenga, that when you pull one vertebrae, it just all crumbles, which is also terrifying in many ways. Yes. I prefer to not think of my spine like a Jenga tower. I would agree. But I'm not a doctor. I am also not a doctor. But if being a doctor means I have to talk about spine Jenga, I think I'm good. I should name this episode Spine Jenga. The Good Doctor Spine Jenga. Because we were talking about that good doctor. We were talking about a doctor. We're talking about multiple doctors. Because you ha- you are enjoying that doctor. Delicious Dr. Pepper. It's true. Because you are a pepper. So. <laughs> this, this, this episode has not been paid for by Dr. Pepper. Cannot make that clear enough. We are not endorsed. Mm-hmm. Although, do remind me uh, to play a clip from our sponsor this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. We did not discuss this. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I am surprising you with this. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, all right. Should, okay. I, should I play? Should I play the... Uh, the advertisement now i mean you you've primed the pump so well okay so here we go here's our first paid for advertisement ever hello fans of back to the futurama this is laura aka the grand midwife's biggest fan i just wanted to reach out to you today with my special message and say find your passion find what you're passionate about and do it If it's something as simple as sitting there playing a video game for hours on end, or if it's something as ambitious as starting a podcast or a business of your own, do what makes you happy. Find your happiness and make, let it complete you. And remember, you're worth it. So this is my super sappy 
message I got to give for being a 1077 Patreon. And if you're not already a Patreon, consider giving the guys at least a dollar. I mean, we're so close to making Mike watch the hit film, James Cameron film Titanic, and I'd really like to make him have to watch it because I had to watch it, so everyone should have to watch it. Oh, and also, if the guys do March Ocean Madness, Grand Midway for the win, come on, you know she's the best character. I love you all so much. Thank you, Ben and Mike, for making such a terrific podcast and for being my friend on Twitter. Love you guys. Have a great day. So that's uh, from our fan, Laura, who is, uh, was uh, last month a 1077 patron, uh, patron on Patreon. And so she got to send us a special message and make you all listen to it. Now I 100% thought you were setting me up for a joke ad and that no like I'm in a weird state of like gratefulness and like like it was a very wonderful message and like still not sure if where the joke is <laughs> but it's like I I feel very like I feel very bright if that makes sense like very warm very good day yeah it was it was awesome so um if you too would like to sponsor us, if you are a patron who gives us $10 or more a month, you will get to have us advertise whatever you want us to say or uh, record. So thank you, yes. Laura. Yes, thank you so much. Anyways. Um, back to the goofs. Back to the goofs. I know. I took you way off guard with that uh, with that advertising mm-hmm. And And you thing. know how I can get sometimes when you say something that i was not expecting and i need to go down that that rabbit hole uh yes we go back to the past uh they are getting ready to deploy to uh or like drop into um triton Mm -hmm. which is of course neptune's moon there you go the professor and zoidberg are starting to bond a little bit after uh zoidberg's like on the way back can we get ice cream and the professor's like man you're basically just a big kid huh he really is. Uh, after this podcast, can we get pizza? Yes, Ben. I'm ben. basically just a big kid for pizza. <laughs> so it's not it's not bagel bites though. So it's not pizza on a bagel. Oh, I'm fine with that. Okay. So okay, hold on. <laughs> you came quickly to that. Like I, I thought bagel bites were pretty good. They oh were... no, I always hated them. I thought they were garbage. Whoa. Mm-hmm. All right. I was always more of a pizza rolls kind of guy. Okay, I mean, fair. Bagel bites were not my thing. Okay, I, I, I can. I'm. I grew up a bagel bite, bagel bites boy, but you know, as I've grown into a man, I have learned to love a good pizza roll as well. That being said, I used to. I, I go both ways. Okay, pizza rolls and bagel bites. Mm. The only, t- the only two choices in this in the spectrum of pizza, pizza bagels or pizza rolls. It's true. So, uh, no, I just, I found the, the bagel parts like too chewy. I didn't really. Oh man. Now I'm remembering that good chew. I didn't really care for it. I love the good chew though. I liked pizza rolls because the, the roll part was just the thinnest veneer of a like crust. And so it was like 90% filling easily. This, this feels very similar to me because I, even now I like a chewy crust. So maybe I just I've always really liked that chewy bagel crust. And and you are more of a crisp, crispy crust. Yes, with the exception of New York style pizza, which is the best style of pizza. Sure. Don't at me. Uh but if it's not floppy, it's not 
good enough. I was hoping you'd rhyme it, but you didn't. But that's okay. If it's not floppy, your pizza's sloppy. Ooh, I like that. So um, I will say that there are some. Okay, now this is going to be a uh, a nuclear level uh, hot take, but there are good things about Chicago style deep dish as well. As somebody that really likes sauce and a whole mess of sausage. Man, we're just we've got a lot of differing pizza opinions. Uh huh. So Th- this is why we're two different pizza people. Anyways, um, they go, uh, they drop on Triton, and Zoidberg is like, "I hope the men took their hyper malaria pills." The professor's like, "What?" And then Zoidberg just laughs because he thinks it's some sort of joke. Uh, it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> Spo- yeah, spoiler: they did not take their hypermalaria pills. He also says, "Well, hopefully, we'll just stay out of the methane swamps, which they immediately land in." What smells like methane? The swamp they landed in. Back in the present, at a place called Actual Doctor's Office. I like. I like. <laughs> I mean, it, the joke is so good. It's like ah, we could make up a name, but like, really, all you care about is that this one's an actual doctor. You know what I just thought of when we were playing Jackbox? Okay. Uh, we were playing Quiplash, and the prompt was a, a name of a hospital that you wouldn't want to go to. And I answered, I answered as Horspital. <laughs> <laughs> I have forgotten about that. I love that we're bringing oh, it back. Horspital was one of my best Quiplash plays ever. It was so good. Oh, um, this podcast is so good tonight. It's great. Um <laughs> So what is even going to be in the podcast when we finish it? Well, it's going to be our intro. It's going to be Laura's ad. And then it's going to be us saying goodbye. I mean, that's fair. And uh, probably mean, talking about pizza rolls a bit. Yeah. Because why not? <laughs> the new star of the show, show, Laura. Yes. So at the actual doctor's office, Fry is now a Smurf. Um, and Scruffy is there. And he is just his head on one of his hands and his his like legs i think are somehow in the middle of hermes it is an entire disaster uh they they show this a little later but i want to point this out now amy is shown to be hypnotized and now bender's incontinent yeah so he he (laughs) he's done a whole lot of things yeah zoidberg done made a mess of everything really he even somehow caused like bender doesn't even know how he's incontinent now he just (laughs) is I, I do love how the doctor initially calls it, wow, I've never seen such a f- gruesome shark attack, and one so inland. I mean, I would understand that uh, why a person would think it's a shark attack. Mm-hmm. Hermes literally falls apart in this it's true. scene as well. Like, his limbs and body parts just tumble to the ground, like a Jenga tower. Like a Jenga tower. Uh, the doctor also says, that doctor must have been a total Zoidberg. Actually, it was the Zoidberg. Exactly. So Fry's like, you know, I'm a reasonable man, but Zoidberg must die. They are, they're like, nah. And then that's when Hermes falls apart. And then he's like, death to the crab. Meanwhile, in the past. um, (laughs) Meanwhile, in the Shut up. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I just, I love the concept of these, these events happening at the same time, but like separated in the time boundary. Mm -hmm. It's very good. So, I mean, there's a lot of TV shows. It's like Doctor Who. I suppose. <laughs> but there's a lot of TV shows where they do that sort of media device where like two storylines are happening parallel, but one set in the past and one set in the present. And or in the case of the late Philip J. Fry in the future. So, that's true. you know, it's a thing. 
and I stand by meanwhile in the past. So meanwhile in the past, all the men have Tritonian hypermalaria. Uh, so they are in a sort of medical tent and they're walking through and all these men are on cots. They're all just wasting away. Yeah, it's it's a bad situation. Uh, Zoidberg goes through all the symptoms, which is like a fever and, uh, fever, spasms, madness, coma, then death. And I'm glad you wrote that down. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, Zoidberg points out that hypermalaria can kill immediately or it can lie dormant for decades. But as soon as the symptoms start up, you're basically dead. Mm -hmm. Um, this is when the professor realizes it's up to him to complete the mission. Farnsworth is like, well, I guess it's up to me to go kill that Yeti because all the men are dying. And so the professor uh, goes off to do that. Then back in the present, uh, the professor is shivering and he's sort of he looks kind of cold for some reason. Some reason. He doubles up on professor coats. And the crew comes in and they demand they that the professor fires Zoidberg. Um, everybody's put back together now with the exception of the fact that Bender is still incontinent. Well, I imagine the actual doctor is a human doctor, not a, not a Bender doctor. I don't know. I somehow Zoidberg screwed him up so much that he got incontinent. So like, that's true. I don't know. I don't want to know how that happened. And, um, but yeah, so everyone's fixed up except for Bender and he uh, wets himself every time he laughs. And, of course, Fry immediately makes Bender laugh. I mean, he's a funny dude. Uh, the professor is like, he's a fine physician for aliens. It's the crew's fault for being humans. Yeah, that's perfect sense. Not really. No, not really. It is the professor's logic, though. The uh, The crew suspects that Zoidberg is, like, blackmailing the professor mm -hmm. like there's some reason why he retains him on the the uh, payroll when he's just such a bad doctor right you're like why would you keep him around all these years uh the professor says that it's too horrible to reveal what happens so there's no mystery and then he mm -hmm. runs off he does mention that there was a secret arrangement ah yes a secret arrangement he makes it sound really enticing and then runs off it's like, hey, yeah, um, there is a totally secret, secret, sexy, secret thing that is definitely boring and you don't want to know about it. Yeah. Bye. It's like, I know the secret for the forever pizza, but it's it's not as good as you think. Bye. Hold on. What's the forever pizza? What? Oh, uh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have mentioned it. Oh, oh no. People will know about the forever pizza now. I mean, I've got a lot of questions about the forever pizza, but... I, I will take two questions about the forever pizza. One, what is the forever pizza? It is a pizza that gives you immortality. When you eat it, of course. Other, other orifices doesn't do anything. I mean, I was going to ask where the forever pizza was, but like, I don't want to live forever. You still have one question about the forever pizza. What are its toppings? Fennel. Sausage. Italian sausage. Tomato. Tomato Wait, sauce. Sausage and Italian sausage? Yes, two types of sausage. 
Okay. One Italian flavored. One without the Italian flavoring. Huh. <laughs> yeah, Chex says, uh, I was hoping it was a pizza that lasted forever. And I'm, I'm with her on that. Like, that is my preferred forever pizza. I want to be just able to because. just open up. Like, I bet in... I bet in... Pulp Fiction, when they open up that briefcase and it's a glowing golden thing. It's a pizza that lasts forever. I bet that's a pizza that lasts forever because that's the only thing that makes sense that they're all killing each other over it. Sure. Because, like, can you imagine if you could just be like, oh man, I'm hungry? You open up a briefcase. Don't know, I I don't know why you're storing it in a briefcase, but you open it up, boom, you've got pizza. It's tasty and it's fresh and it's hot. Oh, so what you're saying is it's not really a a okay so it's a pizza that basically replenishes itself yes okay instead of one that gives you immortality yeah that's garbage i don't want to i don't want immortality i just want to eat enough i don't want to eat pizza till i die i see even though immortality allows you to eat more more pizza than mortality does Man, I'm 34 and I've already got depression and anxiety. What, what when I'm th- 3400 years old, how am I going to be? I'm going to be eating pizza, really sad about everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know is dead. Sure. And I'm unless, just like unless you shared the forever pizza with your friends. See? Now it becomes a discussion. Okay. Well, we can't keep talking about pizza all episode, you dingus. <laughs> I think I'm hungry, Ben. I think so, too. All the more reason we should actually finish this episode. <laughs> Instead of just talk about pizza for 45 more minutes? The more we talk about pizza, like, it's a paradox, right? The more we talk about pizza, the longer it takes for us to get that pizza. So the less we talk about pizza and the more we talk about the Futurama episode that we're supposed to be talking about regardless, the faster we get to pizza. Exactly. So... Um, some stuff happens. The end. <laughs> it's pizza time. Time for grades. It was fine. All right, off. We have wow, to go. We're we spoiling grades. In the past, Zoidberg has come to help the professor who is hunting this yeti, and the professor is like, "Nah, like you should, you should go back. I don't, you know, want to right want you to get come to any harm." And uh, the professor calls Zoidberg a friend, mm-hmm. and Zoidberg really takes this to heart. I do enjoy that the professor knows that he has hypermalaria, um, mostly because he landed in the same methane swamp, and he was also thirsty, uh, so he drank some of the swamp water, which 100% is methane. He drank methane. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that. I imagine it's probably not great for you, but I'm not a scientist. I... I'm this not, podcast is not intended to be medical advice. Certainly not. But I I don't know. I would avoid drinking methane. I mean, that methane is going to be pretty dang cold because uh, sure. the liquid phase, of, liquid phase of methane is pretty cold. Yeah, it's also bad. I don't actually know what the... Um, I bet it's like negative 100 or something um, on some scale somewhere. Kelvin or... Fahrenheit, I have no idea. Let's see. Liquid phase of methane. Ben Google's that corner. Uh, so its boiling point is negative uh, 258 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 161 degrees Celsius. That's pretty close. 
So it's pretty dang cold. It's um, it's gonna touch your tongue and it's gonna be cold. It's probably gonna freeze your tongue directly off immediately. Yeah, no, you're you're it's gonna mess you up. Again, I'm not a medical doctor, and this podcast is not intended to be medical advice. That liquid methane is gonna mess you up. It's it's gonna be a liquid methane. <laughs> That's dumb. Let's move on. Yes, agreed. Hey, sometimes you just gotta try. Shoot your shot. You did not throw away your shot. I did not. So, uh, and there's our Hamilton reference for the week. The professor believes he has hypermalaria, and so he's doomed. And so he might as well take down a Yeti while he's at mm. it. You know, he's going to die anyways, so why not? So just then, a Yeti emerges. And when the professor goes to fire his gun that he has, it slips out of his hand and just goes spiraling off into the sunset. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Zoidberg steps in to save him because... As Zoidberg puts it, Zoidberg doesn't abandon a friend, apparently. This whole he, friendship thing is very new to him. Very new. And I, I, I appreciate it. He starts his war noise, which is just gargling. And the Yeti is uh, trying to eat his head. In the present, the gang tells Zoidberg that they all hate him and they basically tell him to get out. Zoidberg is very sad. And as they say, we never want to see you ever again, ever. The professor's like, I need to see you right now. And so they go off to the lab and the professor's like, it's time to talk about our arrangement. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I really love that line read, by the way. I couldn't tell if you could tell. It's very good. Especially the way it segues back into the past where he's saying the exact same thing as the Yeti is eating his head. It's, I- it's such a wonderful line read. Oh, no. So in the past, Zoidberg is being eaten uh, like the the Yeti is trying to crack his head open and the professor jumps at him and stabs him in the neck. Um, uh, he, he jumps at him with a with a vine like he saw this in Tarzan. Tarzan versus the Yetis. I would totally watch that movie, by the way. It that sounds, sounds great. It sounds rad. The professor does get clawed up a little bit, but he manages to take down the Yeti. And then... Um, Zoidberg realizes the professor has saved his life and Zoidberg must must do something to pay him back. The uh, professor makes Zoidberg swear that when the time comes and the hypermalaria kicks in, Zoidberg has to kill the professor. And then we cut to the present time, present day. It's time. So uh, Zoidberg goes to do this and the professor totally chickens out because he is afraid of death and so he's like, you have to kill me, but I can't see it coming. He, he immediately tries to like sneak up behind him with a knife as he's looking in a microscope. And he's like, uh, too believable. Now I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that um, telling somebody, hey, kill me, but at an unspecified time without my foreknowledge, that's even that's worse than just being like, yo, straight up, just kill me now. Right. Like that sounds awful like premeditated assassination self we get a little zoidberg killing the professor montage set to an instrumental of mr sandman which is it's such a weird everything about this is so so weird futurama does so many montages and this is like the weirdest montage they've ever done (laughs) it's it's friend assassination basically friend assassination to mr sandman instrumental 
So weird. Um, and so like Zoidberg tries sniping the professor, but it was just them doing shadow puppets. Um, <laughs> tries electrocuting him, but before um, he electrocutes him, he has a fatal heart attack, and then the wires actually bring him back to life, which is very a very funny bit. And uh, lastly, the the Planet Express crew comes in just in time to see Zoidberg push the professor over the ledge in the lab. Uh, the professor is flying a drone, so Fry saves the professor by having him grab onto the drone and then doing loop-de-loops. And so they don't know what this deal is, so they all uh, they grab Dr. Zoidberg and they put him in his office and they cover the office door with an antique dresser. It's fancy. It's, it's real nice. It's a very, nice. very fancy dresser. I would love to have that dresser in my house. And so since Zoidberg is in his lab, uh, he notices that on the the lab coat, uh, one of the professor's lab coats that they used to like restrain him, restrain yeah. him, uh, he finds this little white hair, and the and Zoidberg's like, "That's strange. The professor doesn't have any hair," and he looks at it under a microscope. He gasps. Um, in the professor's office, uh, every he's admonishing everyone for prolonging his life. He he knows he's going to die of hyper hyper malaria, and he's asked Zoidberg to kill him. Now that the gang knows this tale, they're like, "Oh, we should probably get Doctor Zoidberg out so he can kill the professor." And so they start chopping and dismantling this antique furniture, <laughs> which I love because they just they just pushed it right up in front of the door sure. and don't even begin to think about, oh, we could just push this yeah. back. Uh, Scruffy comes by and says, I should have known better than to store my antiques in the office. I mean, yeah, Scruffy, like... <laughs> I mean, yep, can't disagree. Hard, hard agree. But they managed to open the door, uh, but Zoidberg has whooped out of the office through the window. I believe they call it sand crabbed, and, which is so good. Uh, so he he's they look out the window and he's like sand crabbing out. Mm -hmm. um, and then of all places, we cut to mom's where we find out that Zoidberg just sand crabbed his way in. Um, so he's brought before mom. Where they kind of catch up for a little bit. Yeah. He, ca he nice. calls her Carol. Like mm -hmm. he's the only person in the entirety of the show. Not even the professor. Yeah. Who had an on and off and on and off again love affair with yeah. the, the naked horizontal times together. <laughs> the naked horizontal <laughs> times is my newspaper. That's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> I love that newspaper. I was... I was formulating the joke in my head too. I love that. That's so good. Um, but yes, uh, they've you know been in a a very intimate, physical, and romantic relationship. And even the professor calls her mom, mom which, which raises even more questions yeah. than Kermit the Frog and Tim Allen. I I I so, is he? I mean, professor, d does it help? So yes, uh, they catch up. They're they're real, just like cordial with mm. each other. In fact, mom is like, "Oh, what could have what could have been if you know you would come with me? You'd have a whole lab. You'd be rich, whole staff." Mom's got some serious rose-colored nostalgia glasses on right now. Totally. Like she is, she is just the tone of her voice is just like, you know, romanticizing, uh, you know, decades ago. Yeah. Um, it's an actually interesting thing for her to do. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre to see mom yeah. in this light. Like, give her like actual 
personality. For the first time I know, ever. Instead of just evil. Zoidberg explains that he needs the thing from Triton in order to save the professor's life. It'll cost Zoidberg, but the only thing he has on him is a free tanning salon coupon. And she's like, is that really all you have? Yeah. Then I'll take that too. And so mom takes the deal and back at Planet Express, the crew has developed yes. a giant murder, mach- murder machine called the Murderlator. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine if it's like spinning knives. Yeah, it's got a wheel with a bunch of axes on it and it, it goes to this whole track that like... I think they call it the death wheel. I love it. It's it's a, it's a kind of fun sequence. <laughs> How many other death scenes can you say a fun sequence comes out of? They all decide they're going to add one drop of cyanide to the death wheel as it goes by so that they all do this together. Yeah, and they all share in the guilt of what has to happen. Uh, so it it goes off and there's like dominoes and uh, uh, mouse trap and uh, fireworks and vegetables get chopped up for uh-huh. a salad. It, for, at one point, it looks like it might not trip the, the mouse trap, And then when it does, everyone's like, yeah. And I love that when uh, the salad is done, like Bender's like, uh, I added mine and also the salad's done. And everyone's <laughs> like, yay, salad. <laughs> that I, That I think is a first. And so um, as this is all going on, Zoidberg shows up with the box, uh, uh, like this big box with a MomCorp logo on it. And we find out that the professor doesn't have hypermalaria. He has yetiism. It mimics the symptoms of hypermalaria exactly, except replace dying with becoming a a yeti. A zeti? A zeti. Oh, I would love to become a zeti. Ooh. But yes, so... Magic. How convenient that the the symptoms, symptoms are exactly, are exactly the, same. the same. Yeah, it's uh, it 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 it's it's great. And so, it, uh, Zoidberg opens the box, and of course, internally, I was shouting, "What's in the box?" Sure, because it's a big Yeti head. Sure, and yes. it, it's actually remarkably similar. And uh, Zoidberg takes out a, uh, a neural gland out of the Yeti's mm-hmm. head. Because it's the antidote. The neural toxin can- cancels out the other toxin. Mm-hmm. Does it? Uh, Hermes is like, doesn't that just? Isn't that going to just make him a double yeti? No, no, no. It's it's totally a cure. And so Zoidberg, uh, at, at this point, the professor is fully yetied out. Yeah, he's which, he is turned into a yeti. Fry calls him the believable Hulk, which and again, wonderful. So Zoidberg's like, there's no time to make a preparation of it. He just runs up and he forces the Yeti professor's mouth open, drops this gland in, and then, um, the, uh, yeah, the professor turns into a double Yeti. Huh. Look at that. It turned him into a double Yeti. And Zoidberg just kind of delivers that line as like, oh. So, meanwhile, the murder later is still running. It slices through Bender's head. Ah, uh, because because the the professor Yeti has like knocked the track away, so it just goes right through Bender's head. Which it, it, it uh, Bender is just the saddest about this. I mean, wouldn't you be? I mean, yes, but we we rarely see Bender in like legitimate like sad. Do we though? We see him sad all the time. We see him fake sad because he doesn't have alcohol. No, he gets sad about a lot of things. That's true. I don't have time to catalog them all now because we spent all of our time talking about pizza. 
And not enough time eating pizza. So. Or bagel bites. They have to run away from this collapsing murder later. And in part of this process, a big pillar comes down and crushes the professor. Mm-hmm. After the murder later kind of falls apart, a cage of doves opens and they all fly into the sky. And the professor, no longer yetied, emerges, proclaiming he was cured. My notes say, thankfully, with pants. He has the same situation as the Hulk he's got, does. Yeah, he's got the Hulk pants where mm-hmm. like, luckily, that little bit of, of fabric, indestructible. Yes. The rest of it? Totally destructible. The uh, professor comes out and uh, he and Zoidberg share a big hug and uh, because everyone is, is cured and happy and uh, Bender's like, all right, let's set it up and try again. <laughs> Bender's, Bender's got one eye on the, on the prize. I mean, to be fair, it was a very impressive murder machine. It was, it was, and it was going to work, it's, too. It's kind of sad to see it not work when it was so intricately done. Uh-huh. And everything was going fine until, you know, a giant Yeti destroyed it. Everything was going fine. That being said, I would have been sad if it actually worked because then we'd lose the professor forever. Look, I mean, you could put a dummy, like Mythbusters it. Make a silicon gel dummy. Oh, I dummy. see. Yeah. Um, ballistic gel like put it right there see what would happen you know uh-huh. probably tear right through that ballistic gel the last scene is everyone is happy because the professor is healthy uh, the professor is like did you have to promise an- mom anything in return no nothing at all and then they decide to go tanning to celebrate and Zoidberg's like I was gonna tan once uh, this is when the professor's like come on Johnny it'll be on me and then uh, the professor and Zoidberg both crab walk away. And then we go to credits. And that means it is time for... Grades. This episode's kind of a weird one. Um, I feel like a lot of the ones that do this sort of two concurrent storylines in different times, mm-hmm. I think they're usually either really successful or just really lackluster and i feel like this one is the latter um it's okay. interesting getting Zoid- some of zoidberg's history you know I-, I do like that aspect of it but i don't find a lot of the actual story behind it that interesting okay i think i think the only real interesting part about this whole backstory is that one scene with zoidberg and mom because like there's so much subtext in that right that like doesn't even really mean anything but it's like the writers were like yo let's add subtext to this and they're like okay yeah cool let's do that and then they do and they do it really well yes that scene is tremendous but the whole like oh well you know we went to go kill a yeti and it went bad and and like okay it's it's fine right um but the scene with mom and then the murder later scene uh, i think are two things that just make up for um, a lot of otherwise sort of failure okay. in the episode. And I do think those two bits make it a, a rather worthwhile episode. Um, I would probably give it a B minus. Okay. It's enjoyable. I just want more from it. But I also realize it's hard to do when you've got 24 minutes and you're trying to do these sure. two concurrent storylines and fill in a lot of backstory. And, you know, it's it's always... It feel it always feels like there's kind of biting off more than than they can chew. Sure. Like if you could turn this into a solid uh I don't know 
40 minute episode. Sure. Like just stretch yeah. it out a little bit. I'd love to see this episode in that. It just feels kind of rushed. Okay. Um, so yeah, B minus. That's fair. I, I think I'm kind of with you on a lot of this. Um, I find um, when I'm when I'm thinking of this episode, I think it is a episode that tries to do something that the episode... I don't remember the name of, of it off the top of my head, but the one where Hermes and Bender go searching for Inspector... Uh, yeah. The um, Inspector. Uh, lethal Inspection. Right. And I think that episode and this episode want to be both in the that kind of same place of like this is some backstory about two two characters that we don't know a ton about their backstory um where i think it it works really well in that previous episode i think you get some of the failures here um i think that that episode is what this episode wants to be but doesn't do a very good job at i do think it's it's pretty mediocre um for futurama of course it's i i think we've talked about that, that right that metric. Um, I do agree with you that the scene with Zoidberg and mom and then the murder later are, do are the kind of saving graces of this along with the, Oh no, 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 no. But again, like it, I, I do feel uh, it's certainly one of the ones that I, I, I think it has a better version out there by the same people. So it's not going to be one that I jump, jump back to. Um, you said you gave it a B minus. Yes, I think I'm probably gonna give it a C plus, because the Murderator and uh, Zoidberg and Mom are great, but they're very, they're they're not even front and center. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're more like good touches on the side, along with the another do- doctor's office and the Kermit jokes. And I mean the 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 jokes are fine. It just it for whatever reason it just doesn't come together for me. And I think this episode has been done better in the episodes run. Okay. Uh, but we want to know what you all think about this as well. So uh, you can talk to us about this or pizza or uh, Kermit the Frog, I guess. Or whatever ended up in the episode. I don't know this. Ben will. <laughs> so uh, you can you can get in contact with us through email at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send to your friends, and we can all go get get Kermit Grangerness together. And hey, we are going to be doing March Ocean Madness again this year. Uh, so I think hopefully by next week I'll have the bracket all done. And, okay. and, we, um, and our segments that you've come to love will be happening again. We are in the process of putting the bracket together this year. There won't be any of the primary characters in the uh, in the bracket because they all just dominated last yes. year. It wasn't even fair. So the seven main characters aren't going to be in it, uh, which does mean we've got a couple of openings for uh, characters. So if you've got a specific favorite that wasn't in March Ocean Madness last year, we want to know about it. Um we're already putting uh, Elzar in this year, and um, I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, we got a couple of suggestions already on Twitter, um, but uh, yeah, make sure you know if there's uh, any of the secondary characters that didn't make it in last time that you want in. Let us know, and we will have more details about where you can vote for your favorites and fill out a bracket. So next week we'll be uh, doing bracket predictions and then uh, after that i think voting starts so uh it's all gonna happen pretty quick so um keep your eyes tuned 
yeah keep a keep an eye out on twitter and our facebook page and all that mm-hmm. and um we can get in on this ridiculous bracket again together in 2019 uh we, we also have a fan run uh, uh facebook group which super fan laura uh runs for us uh she she's created it and runs it and it's it's all her little baby so go join it and have uh talk about our episodes as well and uh she actually listened to this episode very uh, uh very live because warts of and all many many warts <laughs> many many warts uh you can also join the live recordings uh by uh supporting us on patreon it's one of our tiers there and i think that's all we've got to say this week it's time to go get some pizza it's pizza time and so uh we'll be back next week with another episode and until then i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye, goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow, tomorrow.